Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. We're back. Final hour of the show, 706. So good to have you here. Our phone number, 303-696-1971. 696-1971. Thanks very much to special guests in the first hour, Tamara Farah and Lori Gimmelstein. Their event tomorrow is the... Where'd I put it? So much paper. The uh, parents' best. Come on, stupid. Well, yeah, parent. There it is. Parentsknowbest.com. It's two thirty at uh, at the St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Inglewood. Tickets at Eventbrite and uh, really sounded good. We've invited them to our Rappo Tea Party meeting on Tuesday to hand out some of the Freedom Works parental rights booklets that they have and maybe give a brief presentation. Uh, we are, boy, we are, uh, we got 101 tickets that people have claimed, so it looks like it's going to be a big night at the Arapaho Tea Party. I've opened up about nine more. That's about as far as I can go and kind of hope maybe a few people don't come. And also thanks to special guest, the newly elected vice chair of the Colorado State GOP, Priscilla Ron. And um, it's a very gracious uh, guest and conversation that we had. I've gotten to know Priscilla pretty well. It's pretty exciting. But um, obviously the big event that was on stage and on the menu for today was the election of a new state chairman. The um, outgoing chairman, Christy Burton-Brown, had declined to run again. There were seven people running, Tina Peters, Aaron Woods, Kevin Lundberg, Eric Odland, Casper Stockham, Kevin McCarney, and David Williams, and this was the way it all turned out. Thank you so much, Madam Chairwoman. Madam Chairwoman, ballot number three for the office of chairman. There were 386 ballots cast, representing 375 votes. There were zero illegal votes for ineligible candidates. Thus, there were 375 legal votes cast. The number of ballots required for election is a majority equaling more than 189 ballots for votes cast. Candidate Eric Odlin received 170 votes, 45.2%. Candidate David Williams received 206 votes. Indeed, and on the video, see people walking up to Dave Williams and uh, hugging him and a big smile on Dave's face. And uh, so let's find out just exactly what that moment felt like for the newly elected Colorado State GOP Chairman Dave Williams. He joins us now. Dave, welcome back to the show. Yes, thanks for having me, Randy. It's going to be a pleasure working with you. Yeah, it's really going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, all the naysayers have said... uh, you know, let those uh, let those conservatives take over and, and see what happens. Well, good. 
that that's what you wanted, um, I'm ready. And I know you are as well. And uh, it was really a very exciting day. Um, talk about grassroots politics behind the scenes at its best. People running around, wheeling and dealing, you know, after that first vote came out. And it was very clear that you and Eric Ovland were the front runners. And so there was this kind of competition for those who might turn their votes to Eric if a candidate dropped out and those who might turn their votes to you if a candidate dropped out. And so as you were waiting for that third vote, um, first of all, John Case, man, he is meticulous. Were you going crazy? Like, get to the numbers, man. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. It, you know, it was it was certainly a nail biter. Uh, and, and you know the, what I what I love about it is, you know that that's a microcosm of you know coalition coalition building. We had to, in order to get to a majority, we had to appeal to our competitors uh, who weren't um, the front runners, and try to work out uh, arrangements, agreements to make sure that everyone who ran has a seat at the table, and we're all working together. Truly, that's what we have to do. Yeah, I even said that to Eric, who was a, a tough and fierce competitor. And, you know, I hope he will join the team and help us take back the state. How did he respond? He, he seemed he seemed amenable. He seems like he wants to get to work and help us out. So we'll, you know, we'll connect and we'll figure out how we can put this all together. You were the front runner um, in all three votes. But, man, the margin started out very small. It was, I'm just looking at the numbers now. You were a 2.8 percent leader after the first vote, vote 31, about 31.3 to 28.4, and then by the second vote, you expanded that lead a little bit. To uh, you had 44, he had 39, so you were just under five percent ahead. And then that's when all the fun started. Tina dropped out. Kevin Lundberg dropped out. Casper Stockham dropped out, and eventually Kevin McCartney dropped out, which meant. Um, uh, and Eric Aaron Woods had already dropped out, um, as, which meant that that was going to be the final vote. So I was just filling out my proxy because I had to get in the car to head up here to do the radio show. And then we learned it was just going to be a two, two-man two race. And man, oh, man, that was a pretty significant victory, really 55 to 45, almost 10%. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, you know the, the great thing about that is it just shows that the grassroots fired up that they took over this party and they really want to go on offense uh, and take the fight to the Democrats. And that's what we're going to give them. We're going to, we're going to give the Democrats hell and we're not going to let them get away with their extreme policies. They're trying to push on the state. Talking with Colorado state GOP chairman, freshly minted, newly elected Dave Williams. Dave, I don't know if you were in the room when I gave my remarks early in the morning. Um, but, and I don't know what, what, if you were able to see what I saw, but from the stage, uh, the second thing I asked the group after we thanked the outgoing team was how many of them were voting members on the Colorado Republican Central Committee for the very first time. It was a massive percentage of the people in that room. Yeah, yeah, no, I did witness that. I, I love it. It's new blood. It's fresh perspectives. And it's a bunch of Republicans that are ready to turn this thing around and really stick it to the Democrats. You know, uh, as well as I, that uh, we've had, you know, all of the sort of the usual players, uh, Dick Wadhams, who pops up on this station quite a bit. You know, I've had words with, had him in studio. You know, we had a heated debate, a good hour of radio some some months ago. 
And uh, but he he's been going around saying, you know, if Dave Williams is elected, uh, that's the end. You know, we're a decade. We're a decade in the darkness for the Republican Party. Um, first of all, do you make an effort to try and work with folks who have been so demeaning and so disparaging? I mean, wh- where do you start? Because this Republican Party's got nowhere to go but up. I mean, we're going to do, you know, a number of things. Obviously, we're going to have detractors. And the best thing we can do is try to extend an olive branch. And people like Dick Wadhams, come help. You know, you've had success. Tell me tell me what that's looked like. Give me your opinion. Everyone's got a seat at the table. Uh, but if they just want to continue to sabotage and, and get in the way, we'll, we'll just move forward and we'll ignore their, ignore their uh, lack of a contribution. And I'll just tell you, Dave, that I've I've actually had what probably has been the first outreach from sort of that side of the party just within the last week, a very lengthy and, and productive conversation. It was fascinating. Uh, so I'm really hopeful that maybe we can do what we're supposed to do, and that is put the past in the past. You know, politics is a blood sport. Everybody's feelings get hurt. People really draw hard lines and start looking at where we're at and see what we can build to push back on the blueprint that the Democrats so successfully drafted, book was written about it, and implemented in the state of Colorado. I mean, there's just no reason that we can't start fresh if people get past their hurt feelings and uh, and be willing to sit down and have a conversation. Amen, amen to that. There's no, no more settling scores in the Republican Party. We're going to fix our fire at crooked Democrats. We're going to show them for the corrupt, uh, bankrupted, uh oh. And aligning ourselves with the voters. We're going to win. We lost you there for a second, but I think everybody got the point of that. One point that I've tried to make, and, and this is for really the entire couple years of my tenure as a Republican National Committee man to the other side, is they say, you know, we've got to moderate. We've got to reach out to, the, to those unaffiliated. They're the biggest voting block, which is true. And so we've got to, you know, manage our messaging and our platform and all of those things to reach them. And I keep trying to remind these folks, uh, and this is just, you know, it, it, I guess I don't have empirical evidence, but an awful lot of anecdotal evidence from people who reach out and talk to me, that a lot of these unaffiliateds are not, you know, newly arrived Californians who just haven't decided what to align with or or uh, disaffected Democrats or whatever. There are a lot of Republicans who unaffiliated from our party, not because we're too conservative or we're too platform centered, but because the Republican Party in Colorado had fallen so far away from many of those things. Yeah, we don't. That's exactly right, Randy. We don't have to be ashamed of who we are. We don't have to move the party to the left. We just have to demonstrate to the voters that we're trustworthy and that we care about them and their issues and that we're going to be straight shooters with them. And if we can do that while demonstrating the Democrats are unethical and corrupt, then we're going to make some gains. We're going to get a chance to work together on the RNC. I've explained to the audience that you and then uh, National Committee woman Vera Ortegon and I are the three voices for Colorado on the RNC. Are you excited about that? Is that, uh, I mean, this is going to be, a you know, you're going to be, in uh, local elections this year and then a presidential next year. You're going to be right in the middle of the fire, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be an exciting 2024 cycle. We're going to kick the hell out of Joe Biden and get him out of the White House, and I'm, I'm feeling fired up about it. 
I tragically have heard about a party situation in Colorado where an outgoing chair who was displaced um, has not been, you know, turning over documents and paperwork and things like that. I just learned about it today and going to see if I can help in, in resolving that situation. What have you had? Did you have any conversation with outgoing chair Christy Burton Brown about the transition and are you guys going to meet and talk or how does that all work? Yeah, you bet. Uh, well, you know, technically, uh, at the conclusion of the meeting, I'm 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 the guy. I'm the new chair. But there is got to be a new. There's got to be a transition, of course. And Christy and I are going to meet up uh, this week, early in the week, and we're going to figure out, you know, what needs to be done to, to ensure a good transition for the new administration. With respect to the situation you're talking about, I'd like to bring in uh, all the uh, players and the facts and see if we can get that resolved, uh, so we can move forward and defeat Democrats. Christie was uh, very clear uh, multiple times on uh, countywide Zoom meetings, her last on uh, the last exec, uh, executive committee meeting uh, today at the Central Assembly, the State Assembly, that uh, um, that she's going to stay actively involved. And, uh, of course, with the being unleashed from the chairmanship now, she can really focus on her principles. I know one of her prime directives uh, from – 14-year-old girl to now has been um, supporting unborn life. So I'm, I'm just glad to know that we're not going to lose talented people. Yeah, I'm excited for her new chapter, and I'm, I thank her for her service to our party, and I hope she finds success, especially as we work together to get rid of you know, Jared Polis's lapdog majorities in the, in the state legislature. I, uh, I just checked Eventbrite, and uh, since I mentioned that we we're going to try to get the newly elected state chair to our Tea Party meeting on Tuesday, um, we're within uh, two tickets of our max. 108 uh, free tickets have been claimed. So I want to. Ex- I, I, you don't need to commit because I know you've got to sort a lot out. I'm sure, but uh, want to extend that invitation and hope you can come and and uh, say hello to a, the biggest Tea Party group in the state of Colorado. You bet, Randy. You got priority every day of the week. And guess what? I want to make the Republican Party more like the Tea Party. Love it. Any um, uh, now you're are you're driving back to El Paso right now? I assume. Right. right. You've got uh, you've got young kids at home. You were there today with your wife, and uh, uh, so great to have that support all around. But um, how does your life change now? This is uh, you. You've got a new full time job, man. This this ain't the legislature for three months. No, no, it's not. It's a year round uh, proposition, and ultimately we got to fundraise and we got to elect uh, our Republican nominees. And we're going to devote all our efforts towards that, and I, I assume it's going to be like drinking from the firehouse when I get into the thick of it. Will you be driving into Denver to the local GOP office uh, regularly to do your thing, or are you going to move that around to be more convenient to where you you and your stuff are at? Well, definitely, definitely in the interim, especially uh, with the transition, we'll be uh, we'll be going to the office uh, in the Denver metro area. But then we're going to revisit everything, including uh, including where the headquarters is going to be located. You mentioned fundraising. Of course, nothing more important. It's a fundraising machine, and then it's a get-out-the-vote machine. Those are the two prime directives for state parties. Messaging fits in there and is very important to both of those aspects. We've had, uh, uh, you know, we've had difficulties. Uh, we've got the sort of the two sides, the divided sides of the Republican Party. Absolutely, I'm optimistic based on some communications I've had that they're 
uh, that people with money are going to be interested in finding things that will benefit uh, just Republican principles and, and advancing our agenda in full. But Casper um, Stockham, for instance, had a terrific idea of, of just get, reaching out to every registered Republican, you know, 10 bucks a month to your state party, 10 bucks a month to your local party. We'd be flooded with more money than the state party has ever seen if we got even 50 or 60 percent of the Republicans to do that. Have you thought about novel ways to reach out to the grassroots? Sure. I think that's a, that's one good idea we need to explore. We need to, you know, I think it, it all starts with getting back to basics. I mean, we really need to show the people that were for them, especially re- Republicans that have been disaffected or dissatisfied. We're going to let them know that we're going to fight for them and their platform and, and earn their trust back. And I guarantee you they're going to be inspired to donate and volunteer again. And so with that, we'll, cu- we'll cultivate the small dollar donors and we'll We'll make a good case to the high-dollar donors that we're going to do things differently that fix our fire against those radical Democrats. Well, I'm always so relieved at the end of these uh, assemblies and of these election periods, whether it's primaries or actual election, because, you know, win, lose, or draw, whatever the outcome is, um, it's a stopping point where we can now generate the the future and and quit fighting to get up to that specific point. So I am really excited about working with you and Priscilla and the new secretary. And uh, you know anything I can do to be of assistance, of course I will. I are you going to take the weekend to? I mean, you must have been working your tail off on this campaign. I, I remember what it was like for me. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the past three weeks. It was because that's when I first got in very short campaign but very intense so i'm definitely gonna take a break on sunday and then, uh, figure out what to do monday well that's wonderful joan and lakewood called in earlier and said you had the best cookies of any of the receptions friday night out there at the loveland event center so i'm sure that's why you won <laughs> it couldn't hurt <laughs> Well, regards to your uh, to your wife and your family. Enjoy a, a well earned day off. Enjoy the the trappings and the feelings of victory. And uh, man, oh man, you know how to reach me. So let's get busy. You bet. Uh, any anytime. Thank you, Randy. All right. Thanks, Dave. We'll maybe see you Bye. Tuesday. Thanks so much. You bet. Yeah. Dave Williams, state GOP leader. I I think that that's a yes. He will be at the Arapaho Tea Party. Really, no tickets left. Um, we do have people who don't show up, and sometimes and this has been beginning to happen too. Is we have non-existent people or lefties or whomever I don't know for sure go in and grab these tickets, and uh, but we've learned to sort that out. We've got a mailing list, and we can find the phony email addresses. So may very well be able to open up some more tickets before Tuesday night. So if you're interested and you can't grab anything now. Uh, just send that email to Party at gmail.com. We'll keep working on it. And show up. If we've got room, well, we won't, uh, we're, you know, it's South Metro Fire. We're not going to violate the fire code. Um, and we've had that happen before where we were standing room only. But we'll figure it out. And uh, just going to be fun to launch into a new era here with the Colorado State GOP. I know that, um, you know, for a lot of people, this is so deep into state party politics and all of that, and, and probably not particularly interesting. We're going to broaden the horizons, uh, get back into more uh, philosophy and uh, coupled with culture and the, what's going on in the national scene and all the nonsense when I'm privileged to uh, fill in and guest host Backbone Radio tomorrow night from 4 to 7. So uh, if uh, if you 
are done with local politics, I promise we'll uh, we'll probably recap quickly, but we won't spend a whole lot of time there. We got callers on the line. Let's take our break now so we can have a good conversation when we return here on 710 KNUS. We're back with The Who on 710 KNUS, music radio for your ears on a Saturday. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Uh, we're talking some politics. And uh, Artist wants to talk about something that I think this particular clip probably fits very, very well into. The partisan and often corrupt intelligence agencies, the George Soros money machine that spends a lot of money on the prosecutors, by the way. The Antifa thugs who are allowed to roam the streets while we have people that in many cases are great patriots, great, great patriots, saying prayers every night, playing our national anthem every day, and they're sitting in a jail nearby, rotting away, and being treated so unfairly like nobody's probably ever been treated in this country before, except maybe me. And Marjorie, you've been so fantastic on that issue. Where's Marjorie? You've been so fantastic on that issue. And Elise and Matt. Yeah, I mean, Trump is referring to the J6ers in there. And now after the release, uh, which came a couple of days after that Trump keynote at CPAC of just snippets of the 40,000 hours of video that the January 6th committee produced and and uh, and created and added sound to, to and just focused on on violence uh, much by the way uh, which was triggered by the police firing on peaceful crowds uh, i've seen more than enough of it i've seen more than enough of uh there's one great video out there where four people are changing out of their black antifa looking garb into trump garb before they go in and infiltrate the crowd i mean it's the truth is coming and artists, uh, I think you're kind of sick of it all. Welcome. Well, hi, Randy. Um, it just—I keep reading that Tucker Carlson hates Trump, which seems a little odd that that's who has the tape. But also, isn't it against the American Constitution to hold people without allowing them to talk to their? I mean, I'm not a lawyer; I'm a nurse. Um, allow not allowing them to talk to any of their lawyers or. I mean, this is asinine. This is like communist China. Well, I'll tell you, one of the ways that they um, kept defendants from their lawyers early on after January 6th was by using COVID as an excuse. And they'd create these uh, these unreasonable time limits, you know, if somebody was sick or if there was an outbreak. Or um, I know one one J6 defendant that uh, that I got to speak with who, uh, after a year in jail, uh, mostly in solitary confinement, often sleeping on a concrete floor, um, he got a, got it arranged to have his family come and see him. And then suddenly, magically, mysteriously, due to a COVID outbreak, they moved him to another prison, and that family visit never happened. I mean, it's it's just been, it has been torture of these people. And, you know, people who broke the law should should go to trial and and pay the price and no problem with that but the way this group of political prisoners has been treated the j6ers is absolutely outrageous and you know some, well yeah I, it, well and it seems like what is their crime walking on the grass 
It's, you know, how do you get charged? How does the shaman get charged? Uh, you know, that, that snotty 60 minutes interviewer, we played the clip a moment ago, interviewing Jacob Chasney in jail, saying, you violated the law when you walked in there. And he said, I know that's my biggest regret, but I thought it was okay when the police officers mm -hmm. waved us in. And they walked him around. They wiggled the doors to see what was unlocked. They escorted him into the chamber. He prayed for them. Uh, it, it's just outrageous. And we've got to get the word out and not back down so more and more people seek out this video and figure it out. Well, the, the country's going to owe all those people that have been held in jail for no good reason some money. Yeah, I would have to think there are some civil suits. A texter asked earlier, oh. Randy, how do you undo a federal conviction, especially if it was a plea agreement that uh, um, and it's very difficult. You know, I, I don't do federal. I don't think I've ever been in federal. I guess I've been in federal criminal court one time. I've been in federal civil court more than that. But at least in civil court, the Colorado rules of procedure uh, try to parallel the federal rules as much as possible. I have to think that that applies, or I'm guessing that applies in criminal procedure as well. But um, but in Colorado, it is very difficult to undo a, a plea agreement or even a conviction after you've been sentenced. The best time uh, to try is before you get sentenced. Uh, you know, new evidence, uh, some reason, compelling reason for the change of plea. And uh, the bottom line, at least in Colorado, is if you don't uh, if you don't do it within a a certain period of time, probably in this case, it'd be at least in within the first three years, you can never do it at all. You've got to serve your full sentence. So I've got to believe that the lawyers, especially this lawyer, who's he's an odd cat of Jacob Chasney. He's very talkative and very a, a great deal of effect as he goes through his responses. I've watched a couple of interviews with him now. Uh, but he's got to be getting busy on filing motions for violations of due process. We were not Bingo. we were not provided this exculpatory evidence. You can't say, oh, here's the 40,000. Go to it. The government has unlimited resources to put 100 people watching 400 hours of that, them, you know, a piece um, over a, a several months. Uh, and it's they're required to point the defense to evidence that is clearly exculpatory. Um, this is a violation. I mean, we heard about Jenna Ellis getting sanctioned by the Colorado Supreme Court at pri a personal uh -huh. censure. And I haven't read the full opinion. I talked about it some Thursday night on the Stephen Tubbs show. Uh, and they I guess they posted on the website at attorney regulation some comments about that. Uh, I never you know, got in the habit of going to the attorney regulation website. I just don't know if that's a common thing. Um, but, but the politicization of so much of this stuff is just grossly unfair. And well, look who's in the white house. Yeah. Can, I don't think he can find his way to the bathroom without a mat. <laughs> well, it's, it's, just, it's, it's pretty bad. I, he keeps falling up the stairs. Send, he keeps falling up the stairs. Sending money to Ukraine. It's like, I feel sorry for him, but what are we going to have like 15 trillion that we don't have money to pay? Yeah, I we mean, have banks, banks, Somebody, banks uh, collapsing in California and, uh -huh. uh, and an open check to Ukraine. And, you know, I heard uh, Mark Levin the other night, and I talked about this on the Stephen Tubbs show because I am just simply no expert on, you know, how to feel about this. But if America was 
solvent, if we weren't a bankrupt country that only survives because of our size, our markets, and our ability to print money. Other than that, we're bankrupt. We we, we got Mm -hmm. no assets to back up all of the debt that we have created. If that wasn't the case, if we didn't have an open border and poison, fentanyl, Mm -hmm. uh, young trafficked children and, and girls being brought across the country, crime, all of it that comes with it, if all of that wasn't going on and it was somehow in our national interests, a priority in our national interest to prevent uh, Putin from marching his way you know, through Ukraine and maybe toward mm-hmm. Poland and elsewhere, then I wouldn't even have a question about it. We're the United States of America. We can afford it. We want freedom and, and sovereignty for nations around the country. But we're not even focusing on that in our own backyard. So uh, I am not in support of this open and unlimited checkbook. You know, the question that never gets asked of even smart people like Mark Levin, who are very pro um, stopping Putin, is, well, what's victory? When have, mm-hmm. we, when have we won? What is the goal? Well, and doesn't Biden still have a position on Burisma's board or something that Ukraine owns? That seems a little questionable that would that would surprise me if that could still be the case but you may be right i I just don't know but uh it's scary artists i appreciate you waiting and and uh, calling back in when we couldn't get you on before so thank you very much have a wonderful weekend all right a couple of things we need to do i can't let the show go by without reminding you about my good friends at cenogenics dr mccallan and dr watt there is no magic pillar product that will do the work of helping you create and maintain a healthy lifestyle. But these folks are magical, and I, I don't mean that like it's hocus-pocus. The science is there for personalized, healthy age management. And um, and I know because I've experienced the uh, amazing things that they get done over there at Cenogenics. Imagine a world where you're not just another number. Your doctor knows everything about you, spends the time to discover all that's necessary to keep you well, get you healthy, and really not just healthy, but optimally healthy. That world exists at Cenogenics in Denver. Life's too short. Your health is too precious to trust in just anyone you're assigned to. Don't settle for mediocre, long waits for test results, or calls that don't get returned. You deserve better. Expect the best. That's what you'll get if you call Cenogenics. The phone number, 720-387-3681, 720-387-3681, or visit them at denver.cenogenics.com, denver.cenogenics.com. We'll uh, wrap up with some calls and some final comments. Remember, I'll be back tomorrow to guest host Backbone Radio. We'll expand the scope of the program a little bit. Uh, from what we've been focused on here tonight. But uh, we're going to wrap it up when we return here on 710-KNUS. Patriot rocker, kid rock. Do love my rock and roll. But I know for a fact that uh, Wake Up with Randy Corcoran producer Luis Gonzalez has been working hard on some more great music for Backbone Radio tomorrow night. And I can't wait to see what he's got in store. Lots of surprises last last time I hosted that show, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be back 4 to 7 tomorrow night to guest host Backbone Radio, and we will definitely broaden our horizons. We've been very, very local on the show today. I was looking through the tickets. Uh, it looks like there may be a few phony tickets per, 
ticket purchases on the Arapaho Tea Party website, so uh, or on the Eventbrite event. So we will clean those up on Monday. There's still two tickets left of the 110 that were made available. Uh, but if you get on there and you can't get a ticket, just send an email to arapoteaparty at gmail.com. I think last time we wound up cleaning up 20, 25 more tickets after we got rid of the phony ticket grabbers who just try and tamp down our meetings and tamp down our enthusiasm. Absolutely incredible how desperate, unfortunately, how effective these right, uh, these left-wing radicals are to make sure that people like you and me do not get together and have a simple conversation. Speaking of simple conversations, good buddy Jack in Cheyenne, Wyoming, if that's where he's at, weighs in, and good yeah, evening to I'm you, sir. Yeah, I'm going to uh, Evergreen tomorrow, so if I call you on tomorrow's show with Matt's show, I'll be in Evergreen. But anyway, <laughs> right. you're talking about the money that, that this country is losing because of Biden's ineptness. You need to look into this, and I can give you some briefing on it, but the Canadians, the operators of the Excel pipeline, have got over $15 billion in documentable damages that they are absolutely going to prevail on for, for Biden's uh, shutting down of the pipeline. Blowing okay, up and the pipeline. In pipeline. addition to that. Blew it up, yeah. No, no, for shut, pulling the permit. Pull the oh, permit. Oh, oh, those, And okay. they've got damages of, of, of and I'm not talking about your German pipeline. I, I thought about North they've Star, yeah, sorry. Uh, they got $15 billion in damages for him shoot, shut, shutting the pipeline down. And in addition to that, the pipeline contractors that were working on it, the money lenders and the banks took up the money to build this thing. They probably got another $15 billion. So I, I'm going to say there's probably going to be about $60 billion that the government's got to shell out because of Joe Biden uh, listening to these uh, people, this green energy people shutting down that pipeline. They're going to pay. This country's going to pay for that. It's going to be very, very ugly. But all we got to do is print some more money. You know, the Fed will come in, raise the interest rates a little more, rack up the prices, print more cash, baby. You're, you're talking about the political judge that's holding these people hostage from January 6th. I encourage everybody in your audience to reread Sacco Vanzetti and see what Judge Thayer did in 1915 to two Italian nationals who they had all the evidence in the world that they weren't guilty, but he still put them to death. And everybody in Europe was on top of that case. They knew more about it than the people in this country did. Read Sacco Vanzetti. You'll learn about the politics of judges. Okay. <sighs> it's so exhausting. Could we just ever have a nice, calm, quiet life back in the United States of America again? It's just amazing. But you and, you and Trump have got something in common. You're both absolutely right about absolutely everything. And I can't <laughs> think of a third person I can put in that group. But you're absolutely right about all of it, and so is he. That's all righty, man. Thank you, Jack. Maybe we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, 303-696-1971. Jack's line is open. And um, I will be back tomorrow, 4 to 7, for Backbone Radio. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Rappo Tea Party looks like um, the somebody from the parents are, what's it called again? The parents know best uh, event that's going on tomorrow. And... Um, the Freedom Works books with parental rights. It looks like somebody's got grabbed a ticket for the tea party. So I bet we've got those booklets to hand out. Man, I hope they bring a bunch of them because that sounds like very valuable information. It's very interesting today at the Central Committee meeting because that kept coming up in conversations I was having with with uh, Central Committee members about the schools. It is just such a focus now 
the pornography being set out for our elementary school kids, kids coming in and, you know, they put it right at the front and then they're waiting for a kid to come in and look curious. And then they pounce on them and say, you know, there's more of that where that came from. God, it's like uh, it's like the dirty old man in the overcoat calling the little girl over to the corner. It's just so gross how these people are with our children. But we're we're winning. We're winning these battles. The problem is they've got such a head start. They've got control of and their hands on. Uh, and I don't mean hands on in the way of Joe Biden groping little girls and taking showers with his daughter. I just mean they've got their hands on our kids in the schools, captive audiences. And But it just takes parents waking up and it's happening more and more and more. There was the case of the two moms who tried to bring to the attention the books in the library at the school. They were tossed out of the meeting. They sued eventually because they couldn't get any satisfaction. And a court ordered that they pay, uh, that the school board pay her attorney's fees over $100,000. Speaking of that number, Stormy Daniels for her lawsuit against Donald Trump was paid ordered to pay over $100,000 in his attorney's fees. And yet we've got these New York political left-wing Soros prosecutors trying to create this novel set of circumstances to tie together misdemeanor and felony crimes that have never been tied together in this way before. Um, Donald Trump, the apparent victim of extortion uh, by Stormy Daniels, But um, uh, they're going to try and tie together. I mean, we've got the grand jury. It's coming. There's an indictment coming. These people are terrified of Donald Trump. They've got to try. They can't beat him. They know they can't beat him at the polls. They know they didn't beat him in 2020, in my humble opinion. The votes, remember, 44,000 votes separated a Trump presidency from a Biden presidency if you assume the vote counts were accurate. Not the popular vote, the Electoral College vote, where it matters. Trump will easily overcome those margins if he becomes the nominee. Meanwhile, uh, Ron DeSantis is on his book tour and just simply does a great job delivering his messages. It's a different message though. He's kind of focusing on what he did in, in Florida, which is wonderful and great. All the mantras we like to hear, you know, stand up against the woke mob and, uh, no more sexualization in, in our schools, no more, uh, grabbing our kids and or, without parental consent so that they can, decide what they want to be and maybe even start changing their bodies permanently with those decisions. It is going to be so fascinating to watch these two heavy hitters. Question is, and maybe we'll explore this more tomorrow, is does Ron DeSantis have the national, the international gravitas to compete with Donald Trump? He certainly thinks he does. He's telling his insiders that as soon as the Florida legislative session is over, meaning he's basically done governing, you know, signing legislation and having to stump for things that he wants and things he wants to stop, um, that he's going to go ahead and make his presidential announcement. Can you imagine what these debates and what these primaries are going to look like? I know there was some Florida, Northern Florida University poll or something, some outlier poll that had DeSantis with a huge lead over Trump uh, for the nomination, like, I don't know, 30 points or more. 
It was Florida. It was an outlier. If you look at the national polls, Trump is still uh, 10, 15, 20 points ahead of DeSantis, and nobody else is even close to either one of them. Will Trump be able to survive the onslaught of accusations and additional hyped-up lies, the criminal charges that now are beginning to seem inevitable? Will it help him or hurt him? It seems like every time they go after Trump, his popularity just gets stronger. I can tell you this. When I was with him a week ago today and actually got a chance to talk to him, and it was one-on-one, and, and it was really cool, and he immediately you know, started wanted to t- ask about Colorado, and I changed the topic because with the serious illness my mom, my mom, my wife has been going through, um, she wanted me to be sure and tell Donald Trump um, what a great that she loved him and what he had done for our country and what a, a great original supporter she was from the very first day they he went down the stairs. I mean, she and I used to fight over that. Ted Cruz delegate here. Trump had to convince me, but she knew and she always knows about people. It's amazing. And as soon as I mentioned uh, that she was suffering with some sort of serious illness right now, um, Man, his whole tone changed, and he was asking questions, and he said, told us, told me to tell her that she was going to be okay, and uh, just kind and interested and patient, and not about him like they always say, uh, but was really interested in, in hearing about us, these little, you know, nothing people out in the ethernet of Colorado, or the the ether of Colorado, the, the wide open spaces. I was just so very impressed by that. So, yeah, I've certainly got an affection for him. Um, But I'll tell you, if somebody starts making a dent, I'll be the first to bring it to you and play it for you and talk to you about it and hear what you have to say about it. It is going to be really, really exciting. I think with uh, the lack of time that we've got, one thing I never got to, we will explore this more tomorrow because it is a very cultural thing. This was Jane Fonda on The View. We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that's done for our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. I think the women will rise up. That's the activist. That's Jane speaking. Yeah. And, 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 and she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's very, the truth. Very, very soon. It, it is the truth. But We're I, not going to do it. Besides, besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous. I wish I could rewind that. Murder. Murder. <laughs> She's just then kidding. They don't run, say that. That's then they run cover for her. Yeah, that's the worst. She's joking. just kidding. It's well. Let me talk to you about. <laughs> just disgusting. Let's move on and talk about Jane's activism, which is yeah. legendary. More Botox behind that stage than I'll bet you would find in a small town in Missouri. Now, obviously, there's more in California, but oh my God, these women so desperate, so dangerous, and so. So disgusting. All right. Last reminder about Colorado liberals and these so-called safe injection sites. 710KNUS is trying to kill the bill, and you can help. Go to 710KNUS.com, click on the Colorado Undivided Banner, sign our petition to tell Governor Polis to veto House Bill 1202 to stop so-called safe injection sites. 
This public service announcement brought to you by Deep Colorado Wells IEC registered agent Stephen Wells, not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. That is it for the show and a very long day for me, but it's a new sheriff in town, new leadership of the Colorado State GOP. We'll see how that all plays out. Will all the other players come together and uh, see if we can, you know, wipe the slate clean and see what we can do next? It's going to be very, very interesting. I'll see you tomorrow night on Backbone Radio from 4 to 7 p.m. Again, Tuesday at the Arapahoe Tea Party. Always remember, never forget, God loves you. So do I. See you tomorrow night. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.